another episode of the bitch mob podcast we back this is episode 99 we got a surprise for y'all episode 100 but first some announcements we want to thank all of our followers our listeners our subscribers everybody we appreciate y'all big time for all the support continue to subscribe follow us on every platform and anybody that's listening to this follow us on ig bench underscore mob underscore podcast Shout out to our listeners that's over in Finland. I saw we got some listeners in Finland now. So shout out to y'all. Um, show us some love. Hit us up. I'm not sure where y'all are, but 2% of our followers, our listeners are in Finland. So shout out to y'all. I'm joined tonight by the whole crew, of course. Miles Davenport, we're going to start it off with you. How are you doing tonight, Mr. Wholesome, Fresh Cut, Waves? Oh, seasick. How you doing? Taking the haters off, you know. Knicks, eight in a row. Greg, Greg, sick over there right now. He's shaking it. Oh, you want to say something to hate, but <laughs> oh, good. We, you can't hate. We have a team in the league right now, so we, we definitely, we that. definitely gonna get to that. Show some Knicks tape love. Chris, money bags, home is wherever I am with you. How are you doing tonight? <laughs> Stupid, bro. I'm good. You feel me? Found a new barber day, so looking good. Feeling good. Yep. Everything's good. It's the weekend, you know. You know you have that crisp lineup for the week. Look at that, bro. It don't get more symmetrical than that. I'm just saying. Hey, we know somebody else is happy. Lindsay. Yeah, we know you got plans hey, after this. Throw name off here, bro. <laughs> we know somebody else likes the symmetrics on that uh fresh uh, <laughs> Greg G, baby, debate your mother is in the building tonight. <laughs> How are you doing, man? No blinds on the window. Nah, bro. It's okay. I'm tra- it's transparent. It's an addict, so nobody gonna look in here anyways. But nah, I'm good, bro. I'm good. Um, I'm, I'm ready to get started, bro. There's a lot to talk about. I'm ready to get started. We're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about the Knicks bringing off eight straight. You're gonna talk. I didn't even say nothing. I just didn't expect it on You're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about Steph Curry and this MVP talk. That should be fun too. You're gonna talk about it all. I'm, I'm excited. We're gonna talk about. Uh, I don't know what else we're gonna talk about. We'll, we'll get into it right now, though. <laughs> yeah. Um. By the way, for our listeners, uh, my reference to not having a blind. You could tell Greg is in a nice neighborhood because you, he doesn't have blinds up. You know, in the lesser areas you know, in the hoods and stuff, whatnot, you have blinds up and fear somebody, you know, Robin, but Greg is in the suburbs, real nice spot. 
real good place. Um, you see, Chris got blind. I knew you were gonna say that. I was looking at Chris's the whole time. Chris Yo, had, y'all, y'all no. are literally dumb. <laughs> <laughs> we gonna start off with the football because that NBA talk is a whole lot of talk. I know Greg has a lot of opinions on it, especially the Steph Curry thing, as he mentioned. He feels any love that Steph Curry gets is only because he's light skinned, but we're going to get to that. AFC West. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> AFC West. Who has the most pressure in the AFC West? Obviously, you got the Chiefs, the Raiders, the Chargers, the Broncos. We're going to start off not with the Chiefs. We're going to start off with the Broncos. My opinion, the whole organization has pressure. They need to rebuild, period. But Chris, you started off. Who has the most pressure in Denver? I appreciate you allowing me to start her off from once. Um, I agree with you. I think I think it's more than one person. I think you can blame it on, you know, their whole front office. Um, things ain't been looking right there since Peyton Manning left. Uh, Jerry Judy has a has a sorry QB thrown at him in Drew Locke. Uh, he's going to have to get out of there once his rookie contract's up unless they, they go ahead and, and get a nice QB. But I think coming in this season, Drew Locke, He's going to be, you know, they got him Jerry Judy last year. Um, this is going to be the year for, for him where, you know, he's going to have to make some, he's going to, he doesn't have to be a star, but he's going to have to show some growth to show that like, Hey, I can potentially be a franchise quarterback here. Uh, I don't think he's going to be there long-term, but Hey, I mean, for him going into the season, he's got a lot of pressure on him um, just to be able to compete in the AFC West. You know, you got to win against the Raiders. Obviously the chiefs are going to be the one taking that division, but uh, for, for him, I think, uh, he's going to have a lot of pressure coming this year. I think they might want to sign, you know, as a backup, backup plan. You might want to look into uh, Tim Tebow. Miles, most pressure in Denver. I think it's John Elway, honestly. I mean, he's, he's always been looked at this, this great QB in Denver. He can't do any wrong, but he's never picked a good quarterback. Like he lucked into Peyton Manning all those years ago, but Drafting, he's been awful. Drafted Paxton Lynch. Now he's drafted Drew Locke. He's drafted Tim Tebow. Like the list goes on. And they are, they're just a stagnant organization just because they can't figure out this QB situation. So I think he's the main guy to blame. Like he's the one running the drafts. He's the one picking these players and putting confidence in them. But they're not a good fit. Drew Locke's not a good fit. I think that this is probably his last year. If that, he could get benched at some point this year. Um, I don't know. I don't think he's that good. So, again, they should be looking to trade up in this draft to try to get one of those top four, top five guys because you got to stop the the bleeding somewhere. Right. Yeah, I think John Elway, as you mentioned, this is a situation, like you said, he played there. So I think he's going to be in a situation where he always kind of has that leash because he's so heralded in Denver. But at some point, he has to be held accountable for his actions as not a quarterback. He doesn't play quarterback anymore. That's over. It's a new career in Denver. And so far, he is not excelling at it. Greg, are you in agreement that the pressure really is on Locke or Elway or somebody else? On Drew Locke, his job's on the line. Um, and in, I think this is year three for him now, or year where are we in year three? Year three. He's didn't he come in the same year as Daniel Jones? No. 
the second round pick. Well, yeah, but he came in the same year though, as Daniel Jones, no? Yeah. Uh, I, well, as he looks it up, um, it's it's year three or four for him. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of pr- it's pressure on him. It's pressure on him um, going into the season. This job's clearly on the line. The Broncos are not are th- would think about drafting a quarterback. You know, whenever your your team is willing to draft a quarterback, and they drafted a quarterback a couple years before, who's also young at that point, year three. So yeah, when when you whenever a team's willing to do that, okay. So he did come in the same year as Daniel Jones, by the way. Okay, cool. So the the year that that's whenever your team's willing to do that and they're willing to move on from you that quickly, and you still show you some promise, but you're a young player and they're ready to be the boot that quick. That all the pressure's on him. It, it, John Elway, all them like, listen, it, it's on John Elway too. I mean, he picked him right, but <laughs> at the end of the day, if John Elway picks a quarterback this year in the draft, gets Justin Fields because he falls so far, then it won't end up mattering, right? They'll, they'll be in a good position again. He gets to start over. Um, and he's so he's so beloved in Denver that I don't think that he's ever going to lose his job. So, um, or at least he he won't get fired. He'll walk away on his own his own terms. But, um, yeah, you'd say, you could say it's on the coaching staff. I think it's on Drew Locke. Drew Locke is the one who has to play better. Um, he has a solid left tackle, Garrett Bowles. He has receivers. He has, he, has, he has weapons, right? And I, all I heard about was how good he is and how strong his arm is and Everyone seems to care about arm strength, but like I said, no matter how far you throw the ball, is all about finesse and being able to put the ball where it needs to be. And he hasn't been able to do that. He's not that accurate. That's been the problem. So, but let's see. Let's see what happens. But it's, it's, it's squarely on his shoulders. It's really a Drew Lock prove it season for them. And if they draft a quarterback this year, then it's it's over. I don't see any way that he survives it. They're gonna try to trade him if they if they draft a quarterback. Yeah, but his trade value is so low. Yeah, but they'll just get they'll get a conditional pick for him. They'll get something. They're gonna get some value, and like it'll be a Sam Donald deal again. That's what it'll be. Except give the Jets, give the Jets, and I don't mean like they're gonna get what they got. Relax, Miles. You, you get a little sensitive about the Jets. <laughs> no, I, 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 I say I said that because they're just get him out. They'll get a young quarterback out of there. He's not he's not gonna get the same value in return because Sam Donald's obviously better than. <laughs> But I'm saying it's going to be a, a deal where, yo, you're young. I drafted this young quarterback. He hasn't had a chance to really even flourish here yet. But the difference is the Broncos have actually put resources around Drew Locke. That's why there's less excuses. But in terms of, like, the similarity is that you're getting rid of a young quarterback early. You're getting him out the door. And and so that's that's where we, what we're looking at if they draft the Justin Fields or Trey Lance or whatever. Uh, if they draft Mac Jones, then Drew Locke will be fine. Speaking of young quarterbacks, we go to the Chargers and Herbert. Who has the most pressure with the Los Angeles Chargers? You started. Did they hire? Who did they hire? For what? The head coaching job. They fired Anthony Lynn. Let's see. Um, It was some random guy. Well, whoever he is, he got the most pressure because the Chargers have been missing the playoffs year after year. And What's his name? Brandon Staley. There you go. That's, that, that's the guy that's most pressure on him. Yeah. I know he just got there, but he has pressure on him. I, I don't. I don't think the answer is. is I, I, who else would y'all say? It's not just for Herbert. He played great. You know, big, white, tall quarterback. He'll be fine, and he played great. He'll be just fine. <laughs> He's not getting rushed. He's not getting rushed out of there. He played great. He had like the stand on. They love that guy. They, yo, they they put we put him top ten. We put him top ten. He's gonna be fine. It's merited. Justin, Justin Herbert's spot is is deserved. He's been great. He was great. Did great last year. Okay, but I'm saying like he'll be fine. 
It's the head coach. I don't know, Miles. I don't know. I, I stole it from you. I don't know what you think. I think it's the head coach because I don't think Anthony Anthony Lynn was the problem. I think they just couldn't finish. They were winning like 80% of their games going into the fourth quarter, and somehow they ended up with a losing record, bottom of the division. Like they could have beat the Chiefs a couple times last year, Saints too. So it's like they're not that far off. So when you bring in a new head coach, you're thinking that, all right, this guy – has what it takes to get us over the hump. So first first time head coaches always have pressure. So we'll see what happens with him. Yeah, he was the defensive coordinator for them last year. So he got promoted to head coach. We'll see how he does. Going to the Raiders, Chris started off. Who has the most pressure for the Raiders? I think it's Derek Carr. I don't think it's John Gruden. I, th- I think it's Derek Carr. He's, he's been their starting quarterback for – many years now and is struggling to get them over the hump. I consider him to be similar to the position Andy Dalton was in. Andy Dalton had okay seasons where you saw good things come out of him, right? He took the Bengals to the the playoffs four years in a row, but uh, five years in a row and lost first round every single year. Now I'm not saying Derek Carr because he hasn't been going to the playoffs every single year, but he's close enough to where he can punch his ticket and punched the ticket for his team. I mean, the past three years, he's thrown for over 4,000 yards. Last year, he threw uh, 27 touchdowns. And hes it's not like he's missing games. He's playing in these games. He started the past three seasons. He, he's played all 16 games. So it's like, at some point, you gotta, you got to show that you're elite, and you got to show that you can get your team over the hump, or, hey, it's next man up. Uh, and Marcus Mariota, when he got his chance last year, when, when Derek Carr went out in that first quarter, uh, I think – I forget who they are playing, but – Marcus Mariota shined when he played the rest of the game and almost led the team to a win. Uh, I think they, they lost by like a field goal or something, but uh, Marcus Mariota played great and showed that he could still play in this league. So I'm not saying he he's their hope and he's their future, but Darius Carr, has, he's had plenty of chances to get his team over the hump and just fails to do so year after year. Greg, notice that out. Carr, definitely, he's definitely in the conversation. Their defense, though, Allowed 29.9 points per game, third most in the NFL. Who has the most pressure with the Raiders? Uh, I don't think the answer is Derek Carr. I think the answer is the answer is the front office and John Gruden. It's John Gruden, and it's a, it's a mix. But it, if I'm gonna put it on, I think that John Gruden can go before the front office does, obviously. So um, Mike Mayock's their GM, and and John Gruden is the head coach. So I think it's both of them. I think it's a combination of both of them. Um, they have not done a good job <laughs> getting a defense together, any semblance of it. And you could talk about Derek Carr. Derek Carr doesn't turn the ball over. He throws touchdowns. He's accurate. Honestly, there's not much I don't like about him, honestly. I, I, he does everything really well. He's a good quarterback. Um, it's, it's, and they have a good running game with Jacobs. It's, he's promising. Um, so if you're going to talk about what their what their issue is, it's, it's defense. And that boils down to drafting and – allocating your money and getting and spending your money on defensive pieces and getting guys in there. That's it. So if you're going to pay your head coach $103 million guaranteed for 10 years, there's always pressure on him. Always. Um, I won't even get into that conversation any deeper, but it, it, there's always pressure on him and there's always going to be pressure on that GM as well. And, and that's in any situation. So this is actually one of those times where it's not a cliche, cliche time to say that, that front office and head coach the combination has the pressure on them. They do. They failed. 
um, in terms of getting a defense by Barron. That's the reason why Derek Carr is a little underappreciated. He's actually really good, yo. He's actually really good. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's where it stands for them. Kansas City, we know they went to the Super Bowl last year, and everything kind of, you know, fell apart once they got to the Super Bowl. So who has the most pressure in Kansas City? You just mentioned Gruden got the 10-year contract. Reed and Mahomes are signed for another nine to 10 years also. Who has the most pressure in Kansas City? Does anyone have pressure when you win as much as they have? Does anyone anyone feel anything? Do you want to get back to the Super Bowl? So I guess Mahomes always has pressure on him. That's me, but he's a made man. You know, like if they can't get out of that contract and Mahomes just starts sucking tomorrow, you know, they're in it. They're they're married. Um, so I guess Mahomes, if you get that kind of money, I would say Mahomes. You get that kind of money. But that kind of money comes a lot of responsibility because they literally put the franchise in, in his hands. He he owns the franchise now, that kind of brag. Um, so I go Mahomes. I don't know what everybody else thinks, but I'll go Mahomes on this one. No, I agree. I mean, that's the, when you think about the Kansas City Chiefs, it's like, hey, no one's breathing down their neck, right? They 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 win year after year, always, the, you know, close to the number one seed when it comes to playoff time. It's like, hey, you, you really can't <laughs> say there's a lot of people in Kansas City that have pressure. But, again, when, when you get paid that much money, $510 million over what? Is it five years or ten years? Over, five, over years. Five, years. five years. Yeah, that's hundred M's a year, bro. Like that, that type of money, you can't mess up off the field. You, you can't do nothing wrong. You can't publicly say anything wrong. You know, if you comment on certain situations, you know, you got to come politically correct because, like Greg said, you got the the franchise in your hands. So uh, that's a lot of pressure too, because it goes beyond football at that point. Uh, uh, let me just say this real quick: they're gonna be fine. Uh, they're gonna be fine because, like, who, think about it. Who's gonna who's gonna beat them in the AFC? Josh right. Allen, like, who? Who's beating them? You see a clear contender to knock them out unless they get hurt. Do you think Josh Allen could beat them? Really? Maybe Cam. Who? Maybe Cam. Top ten Cam right there. Come on, son. I love Cam. I'd love to see that happen. Honestly, I love to see that happen. Perfect transition. Now we're talking about the AFC AFC East. Who has the most pressure in New England? I personally, I'm just going to throw it out there first. Who I think has the most pressure is not Cam, is not Bill Belichick. It's all these free agent pieces. They Patriots actually spent money this offseason. So if any of these free agent pieces do not perform, I think it's going to be a bad season. Everybody they sign has to be what they thought they were getting. Because if they aren't, I mean, looking at another season, seven and nine, seven and ten with the extra game, eight and nine, they need their weapons to step up for Cam. It can't be, oh, they get to New England, and now these jokers aren't performing or they get injured or anything like that. They actually got to perform and do their part. But y'all go ahead. I mean, I agree, but I don't think they have the most pressure. You, you you can't sit up here and tell me Nelson Aguilar has the most pressure in, in uh, you know. Putting them in a group, all of them. Oh, you put <laughs> Hey, I, I agree. I mean, hey, when, you, when you're a free agent and you come to a new organization, that's, that's pressure in itself, right? You got to stand out and make a name for yourself, especially if, you know, they're taking a chance on you. 
but it's not like, you know, some of these guys, I mean, some of them did get the bag. Some of them did, did, did get a bag for, for their position. Um, but for me, I'm saying camp. I think, I think it's camp because he wasn't supposed to be here running it back with the Patriots. You know, there was talks about him signings elsewhere and uh, you know, the Patriots moving on for him, but now that they got him the, these pieces, and, and they're trying to – again, they're not great pieces, but they did get in pieces. There, there isn't a reason why, why they shouldn't, you know, be in the playoff hunt this year um, and try to have a, a winning season. So, for, for Cam, after having kind of like a bust of a season last year, um, no, to no fault of, of his own with limited pieces, um, there's going to be no excuse for him this year. And we already talked about it. He has some pieces around him this year. You know, they improved the line. Um, they're having a lot of players who didn't play last year come back and play on defense. So uh, their defense should look good. So now it's gonna they're going to be looking to Cam and the offense to see what, what he can do. Uh, so I, I think that's a lot of pressure for him, especially getting going towards the end of his – not the end of his career, but he's getting older. He's not getting any younger. He's not running the ball like he used to. Uh, he's going to have to stand in the pocket and throw. Uh, so accuracy is going to be super important for him, making those downfield throws. Because, um, again, you saw last year, and, again, that was part – probably part of the line, but he, he's not running down the field. He's not taking those big hits anymore. So he's really going to have to stand in the pocket and sling it. So Cam's got a lot of pressure because, you know, signing him to a, another one-year deal, what was it for, $10 million, $12 million? Um, You know, they're, they're showing that, hey, you know, we'll see what you can do this year. Um, again, I don't think he's part of their long-term plans, but it, that all depends on how this year goes. So it's kind of a prove-it season for him too. Where do y'all think? the Patriots end up in this division. Like, I think it's safe to say we would all pick Buffalo to win this. Where do the Patriots end up in this division? Should be second. One. Oh. One in Cam, not a top 10 quarterback? One. I think they're going to end up – they're going to be the first seed. It's, it's not it's, – it's less because of Cam. But yo, Look at that. <laughs> They can't be a first seed, and, and you say it's less because of Cam. I don't make no it's, sense. It is less because of Cam. It is. No, I can say that. What do you mean? Do you know who's coaching this team? <laughs> like, what are we talking about? They have the greatest coach of all time in, 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 in NFL history. He's the greatest coach. What are we yeah, talking about? Bro? I get that. But for, for them to be the one seed, Cam needs to play good. Of course he – and he's going to play well because they got they got stuff around him. They gave, they gave him resources. He's going to play well. I don't doubt that. Cam's a former MVP. Cam's not washed. Hi, right, so we we don't see you. I, no, 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 you're not. Look, you're not top ten, so you're still wild. <laughs> nothing, nothing excuses what you said. Okay, so like, don't don't try to do that now. Like, just stop. But but what I will say is that he's gonna play well. He's gonna play really well this year. Um, he's he's they're gonna give the Bills a run for their money. I, I think they're gonna end up number one because they're not because of the offense, because of the defense more than anything else. That defense is gonna be stout. They got Judon back there now too. Um, they signed a bunch of corners. They signed a corner from the Eagles. Uh, not bad. Oh, was his, yeah, what's his name? Man? Jalen Mills, safety. Jalen Mills. I know. I, see, I remember him because I used to see. Because I know that we used to see the back of Odell's jersey a lot when he was playing. The Giants. Hell, he played for the Eagles because Odell's be burning his ass. But it, 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 the point is, like, he's not bad. He's not bad. He's actually not bad. So you, they got a bunch of pieces defensively. They're getting their guys back who missed the year. Dante Hightower is coming back. Those guys are all going to come back on defense. Yo, Cam's going to go out there and not turn the ball over. They're going to run the heck out the ball. And they're going to take some shots down the field with Nelson Aguilar and some of these – Kendrick Bourne and some of these guys. They're going to be really good. And and I think that they're going to play mistake-free football. And that 
is where I think they can take beat a team like the Bills because the Bills take chances. Josh, you're banking on Josh Allen being that good again. That's what you're doing. That's what you're doing. Now, if you're, if you're saying the Bills are going to win the division, Josh Allen's going to be that dude again that we saw last year, MVP caliber. So you're banking on that. That's what you're saying. Like, for me, I, I when I saw when he came to the league, like I said, he's a dude who throws the ball far, but he isn't that accurate. Now, he, he, he cleaned some things up last year. He played really, really well. Is it going to continue? Is it going to translate? I'd say yes. He's going to play. He's going to play well. He's going to. He's going to have a close to that level season. But if you're playing against a team like the Pats, they find ways to expose things. When when Bills have pieces, they find ways to expose things. Tom Brady had great defenses all those years. It wasn't just Tom Brady. Everybody has to give Tom Brady all the credit. Bills is much of it is much to do with their dynasty as Tom Brady. And Bills still there. So put some respect on his name. I know they. I know they're all some cheaters over there. All the more reason why you should feel like they're gonna make a big comeback here. They're gonna have a big year. They're gonna be the they're gonna be the one seed. In, they're gonna be the one seed in the AFC East. I'm putting it down right now. That's that's who's that's the pressure on though. Because you didn't say that. Who's the pressure? Bill. Bill's no pressure. There's no Bill. How the pressure on Bill? When you win everything, how's the pressure on Bill? What is Bill to prove to you? He doesn't have nothing to prove to me. But Tom so, Brady just won a Super Bowl with another team. His first ooh, year out there. I like that. What does that mean? Ooh, I like that. They take- they stacked, they stacked the deck for Tom Brady to win the Super Bowl. If you gave Bill that same situation, they would have won the Super Bowl running away. But Bill's a better coach than Bruce Arians. He is. That's not Bill, a- Bill's going to take care of that. Yo, yo, you see, I love this, though, because a lot of people feel this way. The way Miles is talking about it right now, like, people act like because Tom Brady went and went to a stacked football team at the age of 42 and but was a game manager most of the year that – the pressures 40 touchdowns threw 40 touchdowns. That's yes, a good manager. That's bro. amazing. Man. I could throw 20 with that team. Bro. I could have thrown 20. No, you couldn't. Yes, I could. <laughs> I could have thrown 20 with that team, bro. They swear he a quarterback. Yo, you could have had you could have had uh they, they could have Mariota and won eight games, won eight to ten games of that Stop roster. It. Stop. Bro, yo, that team was ridiculous. They stacked the offense in Tom Brady's favor, and that's great. But like, let's not act let's yo, let's relax. Let's relax, bro. Let's chill. Let's chill. They gave him resources on resources last year, and he made it count. That's what Tom Brady does. That's what Tom Brady does. Okay, Tom Brady makes the best out of situations. Okay, he's never he's never really playing from behind from a talent perspective. Okay, there's always an infrastructure in place that Tom Brady goes to in place. They drafted Tristan Wirfs. Tristan Wirfs didn't let up a sack all year, or maybe just one. Like it was perfect. It was a perfect storm for Tom Brady to be successful. Okay. Hey, how about Tom Brady go go to the Dolphins or something? Go win the Super Bowl since you're so great. Do that. I didn't want to press that. Because who? Tom Brady. It's Tom Brady. Huh? Tom Brady's the reason they. Tom won Brady. The Super Bowls. Wait, 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 wait. Did you think that if you went to the, the Dolphins, they would win the Super Bowl? I'm saying they could be in a position. Yo, yeah. Wait, this episode will be clean, bro. You get me mad. <laughs> Listen, this is crazy, bro. It's no way, Miles. Bro, it's no way. That's not. That's never been who he is. He, he doesn't carry teams. He doesn't carry teams. Okay, the low was. He had a genius head coach for years. He goes to the situation. What's the What's the next best thing you can do if you're gonna leave a genius head coach? Go to the situation that's stacked. Give me so Brown Cassie. Give me Brown. Huh? So he's not the goat. He was just carried by Bill the whole time. Listen, listen. See. 
on on a, no on a, no because because of the now, hold on, hold on. we no. we already have Greg on record a few times saying Tom Brady's the yes, goat. Yes, because of the because of the resume, I can't say I can't be out here saying he's not the goat. I can't say that. Like the resume, the resume speaks for itself. But it's I'm saying that if you're gonna put most of it on Tom Brady and give him most of the credit for that, bro, okay. I can't I can't I can't give you that, bro. I can't okay. give you that. You're right. You're right. But what was Bill doing before he got Tom Brady? Before all that. When he yes, was Bill, Bill when he was early, those early years with the Patriots, he wasn't winning anything. Yes, Tom Brady comes in for Drew Bledsoe, and what they go on a run that year. Yeah, I agree. Luck, but they won the Super Bowl. Uh, are we acting like are we acting they were asked for they got Drew before they got Tom? Because that's not that's not necessarily true. I mean, they weren't competing for championships. I mean, asked like with Drew Bledsoe, they were, with Drew Bledsoe, they weren't bad. No, they weren't. They were bad. a playoff team. They, they were a playoff team with, with, with Bledsoe. No. Yeah, but there's a difference: playoff team, championship team. Hold on, I know, I I, I get that Tom Brady put him over the top. I get that part. I get that part though. But I also think that if you talk about the defenses that were in place there all those years and everything he was working with, Tom Tom yo Tom had Randy Moss. Tom threw to Randy Moss. Tom Tom had Aaron Hernandez. He was killing dudes, both literally and figuratively. Yes, both literally and figuratively. Yes. Okay, <laughs> he's crazy. But I, I set him up for that. But but no, like he was out there going crazy like miles, yo. Who has the most pressure with the Jets in New York? I'll let Miles start off with that one. Who has the most pressure? Is it Joe Douglas? Is it Zach Wilson coming in? Who has the most pressure? I mean it's a combination of people, but I say it's Joe Douglas because he's putting all his eggs in whoever the quarterback is he takes on Thursday next week. And seeing as we drafted a quarterback three years before this and it didn't work out, you're betting that this guy is going to be better than what Sam would be with weapons. So that's a lot to put on the table. Now you got to surround Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, whoever you take with weapons and see what you can do. Like you hired a new coach, you've got the new coach, a guy that you didn't hire, like Adam Gase was the guy they they hired before this, and clearly that didn't work out. So now you got your quarterback, you got your head coach. You don't you. There's no excuses anymore. So it's my team. I want to see them do good, but I'm always cautious because obviously we've been in this scenario year after year where we draft a quarterback, they don't do the right thing, build bringing talent around that guy. And then a few years later, we're on to the next thing, which is exactly what we're in now. So I think Joe Douglas easily has the, the most pressure. Like Zach Wilson's a rookie. We'll see what he has. Or I mean, I say Zach Wilson's the guy yet. It could be Fields, but I don't know. I feel like GMs usually always have the most pressure on them. They're the ones building the team, so. Money bags, who got the most pressure over in uh, East Rutherford? Because it ain't New York. I, I can't I can't disagree with, with Miles. I, I think it's it's a combination too, but it's uh, look, if, if I'm Zach Wilson coming in there, I'm nervous. I'm nervous already. Because again, as, as good as I think I am in college, I haven't played anybody yet. And, and they gave away, you know, their quarterback that's been there the past few years, traded him down to Carolina. And now they're coming in. They're looking at me to come in and be the savior. 
And for a rookie quarterback, that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of, <laughs> dang, I got to do everything right or else I'm going to be in the same position that Sam Darnold was in, you know, or is in now. You know, in a few years, they're going to be looking to shit me off and, and I'm going to have everyone blaming me as the problem. Uh, that's a lot to live up to, man. If, if, I, if I'm Zach Wilson, like, hey, I'm working my tail off right now, but I'm also going to be like, wow, look at how they just did Sam Darnold. Is that going to be me in the next three, four years? If I don't perform to the – because, again, he's probably looking at Sam Darnold like, dang, Sam's a solid quarterback. And look at how they just did him. You know what I mean? It, he probably sees what everybody else sees. is like, hey, they didn't build around him. They didn't give him that opportunity. But, again, now they got him some pe- – whoever this quarterback coming in, we're, we're assuming is Zach Wilson, right? There's pieces there now. There's pieces there now for this quarterback to, to come in and, and be successful. Um, obviously, maybe not right away. You know, we t- we're not talking playoffs right away, but um, the, he has weapons to, to come in to throw to. Um, so, I mean, they just got old boy from the Titans. Um, you know, we, we talked about some other plays that they got. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you still got to be cautious just by the way that they did Sam Darnold. So a lot of the pressure is going to be on Zach Wilson. Buffalo, we already talked about them. We mentioned hey, them. Hold on. Who, does he, who is he going to be throwing the ball to besides Corey Davis? Oh, Jameson Crowder still there. Who? You don't know who Jameson Crowder is? <laughs> you ever play fantasy football? I know Jameson Crowder. But, okay. But I'm saying, I'm saying who, like, who? Nah, nah, there was, wasn't there another wide receiver that signed a one-year deal? Uh, the guy from... The Jaguars. Um, What's his name? They they did pick up a few wide receivers. I mean, the, the obviously the notable name was Even uh, Cole. Corey Davis. Oh, Cole's not Cole's not bad. I, 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 let's see what happens. The pressure the pressure on on Zach. Go ahead. Zach's gonna be a jet. I, I, we haven't like he like talking about. We don't know yet. <laughs> Yo, Zach's gonna be a jet. Come on, bro. Oh, I thought you said he's gonna be legit. He's gonna be a jet. Yeah, he's gonna be a jet. Well, I don't know about legit, but he's gonna be a jet. <laughs> hey, so who has the most pressure in Buffalo? You mentioned, of course, they had their success last season, and everybody obviously is banking on Josh Allen to play well again. They did lose John Brown. That means Gabriel Davis is gonna have to step up as that, you know, vertical threat, you know, unless they draft maybe a wide receiver, but John Brown, who didn't play all of the season, but he was injured. Who has the most pressure in Buffalo? <laughs> Definitely Josh Allen. You got to follow up that crazy <laughs> year you had last year with another one this year. <laughs> I know why Greg's laughing. <laughs> um, like Josh Allen's good. He's really good. But now we got to see what he can do. Like they, like you said, they lost John Brown, but there's still the draft, so they can draft weapons there. But Gabriel Davis um, definitely can be that number two behind Diggs. Like he showed a lot of promise last year. He's pretty good. So it all falls on Josh Allen. You got to repeat what you did last year. You made the AFC Championship game, and you lost to a team that. If not for injuries, they probably would have won that Super Bowl. Who knows? So that means you're right there. So the Bills, they they got a shot at making a playoff run, maybe even a Super Bowl run. So it all depends on how elite Josh Allen 
is? Like, does he jump into that top five quarterbacks next year, or does he stay where he's at, which is still top ten? But top five usually is what it takes to win the bowl. Hey, before Greg goes, because we know he has his views on Josh Allen, money bags, do you disagree that it's on Josh Allen's head, or can you find somebody else the pressure should be on? No, I mean, their defense was pretty solid last year. Their, their secondary was solid. Um, Diggs, was, Diggs was amazing. I, I, think, I think for the Bills, it is Josh Allen, but not necessarily because he had a great year last year and he needs to follow up. I just think other teams got better in, in, his, in their division, especially the Patriots like we just talked about. Last year, they really didn't have a lot of competition. You know, it was their division to win. And if they lost it, you know, people would have been looking at Josh Allen like, hey, why, how did you guys lose? You know, the Patriots defense wasn't that great last year. So um, obviously they have people coming back. Um, I'm sure they're going to give him a lot of different looks that he didn't see last year. And it's not going to be a, a cakewalk for him. So um, I think for, for those points, I think Josh Allen is going to have to have a, a big year and, and prove that, you know, he's the Tom Brady of that division uh, this year. Yep. So Greg, Chris is basically saying, you know, it ain't, ain't going to be all sweet this season. It's not cupcakes and rainbows for Josh Allen. Go ahead. Give us give us your, you know, your take on why Josh Allen has the most pressure. Well, he, I mean, he does. He does. I don't, I, if, if it's not him, I don't know what it would be. I got, um, they didn't run the ball that great last year. I mean, there's a lot of there's some issues that the team had, and there's, there's some reasons why they lost, but – it does fall more on Josh Allen than anything else because it's the prove-it year. It's the prove-it year. Like, I know last year was a really good year and all that, but there are quarterbacks who come and go in this league and have good years all time. And I, and so, yes, like, it is on Josh. There's some pressure on him um, to do it again. And for all the reasons Chris said, too, like, I, and I said the same thing. The Patriots are going to be better. So <laughs> you got to deal with that. You got to see him twice. And the Dolphins will be better. And you got to see him twice. Um, so it, that division is going to be crazy. It, it, it went so quickly from being the worst to being one of the best um, in the league. And so I, this is this is crazy. It's, it's, they're going to have a really tough challenge in their hands dealing with those teams in the division. Um, I think two will be better this year, too, just by default. So um, you're, you're, they're going to have a lot of stiff competition. So, yeah, John Allen's got to continue to play well. He's, he's, he has to, right? He has to, 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 to sustain this level of play um for a long period of time so we'll see what happens but you, you know i ain't gotta I ain't, I ain't gotta bash every time i ain't gotta bash josh allen every time he comes up i'm not about to do that i don't have like in fact i don't bash him when i say it i don't bash him people think i bash josh allen i don't bash him when i he came to the league he was inaccurate and everyone still believed in him he was a big on quarterback who was, who was inaccurate okay he got the benefit of the doubt why he got the benefit of the doubt we ain't got to talk about that but he got the benefit of the doubt so he got it cool he this year he next the next year he turns it around. He has an amazing year. The one of the best one one to two year to two second year jump we ever seen. So now can you what are you following that up with? Because yeah, every year you gotta prove it. Every year it's that's in every any position anyone plays. As for any player in the league who's ever done this, you gotta follow it up with something. So there's pressure on him naturally. I think the coaching staff has done a good job there since they've gotten there. But they need to they need to be able to run the ball, and they don't do that nearly well enough. Um, and they don't stop the run that well. So this pressure, the, the GM has to do has to do a better job and get him pieces on defense. It's not just about getting quarterbacks weapons. It's about getting him defenses too, as we already talked about for Derek Carr. It's the same thing. 
Um, so we'll see. We'll see. But who, who's the, who's the worst uh, division in football there? NFC East. Yeah, right now, yeah, NFC East. I'll say. In Miami, who has the most pressure? Vegas has them winning, not winning, but second to actually in the division. The odds they have, obviously, Buffalo, and they actually have Miami to be second in the division. Who has the most pressure in Miami? Tua Tagovailoa. It's easy. We, we talked about. It. <laughs> well, Miles, what is my Miles? You are you in agree? Are you agreeing with this, or are you not agreeing with Tua being? Good? Oh, Tua is this guy. Tua is better than Daniel Jones. I forgot. Go ahead. Tell me if, if Tua has more pressure, please. Real quick, Chris, you gonna real right back to you, bro. Big year for Danny Danny Dobbs, but go ahead, Chris. You don't want to. I'm I'm saying Tua because of the article that Greg shared with us last week. When you're when your own teammates are sitting there talking to reporters about you saying that they don't believe that you're the guy. Ain't no other word to describe that than pressure. If your own teammates don't believe in you and say, hey, you know, we, we don't like his work ethic or, you know, we don't believe in him to, to lead us this season to, you know, they thought Fitzpatrick was the guy and they thought it was a mistake to bench Fitzpatrick last year for Tua Tagovailoa. Like, yo, there's no other way to describe that than pressure. You coming into the season, have to, you have to win your team. Just like a new head coach coming into uh, an organization, you have to win those guys over. He does not have control of that locker room right now, and he's not going to have control of that locker room until he, he starts putting Ws on the board. And it ain't just going to be on him. It's going to uh, be a collective mix, but he's going to have to limit turnovers. He's going to have to be accurate, and he's going to have to make sure he's, he's completing passes and putting his team in a position to win. And then, like, if, if they're not – winning you gotta you're gonna have to look at the defense and be like all right well two has put us in you know the red zone this this and this and he's put us in positions to win um you know it's the defense allowing all these points on the board then you can blame it on somebody else but until then it's on Tua. he's got to make some stuff happen he's got to stay healthy he's got to stay on the field and he's really gonna have to limit those turnovers um which he struggled with last year by the way for our listeners our viewers the article that he's referencing was actually sent by the producer on the show. It wasn't Greg, by the way. Just throwing that out there. My, my fault, Tom. My fault. It was, it was sent by Tom, not not Greg. Hey, Miles, Greg, I, I think we can move on from this and agree to it's on to his head. Yes. Uh, Miles is, I don't know, Miles, you said you, said you agreed to. Okay, I'm making sure. Okay, so it's on, yeah, it's clearly to it. Clearly, he's got to win the, their locker room over, which is not a problem Daniel Jones had after his first year. Anyways, we'll continue. <laughs> Perfect. All in agreement. All in one accord. Philly, what is going on in Philly? We see Greg did send this. No, Miles sent this one. Head coach Nick Sirianni is playing rock, paper, scissors, shoe with prospects to test their competitiveness. And he came out and also said, hey, it's not going to be sweet, and I'm not giving the starting job to Jalen Hurts. It will be an open quarterback competition between him, Joe Flacco, and maybe if they draft a quarterback in a later round. What is going on in Philly? What's your takes and thoughts on (laughs) Nick Sirianni and his approach to everything so far? Um, I mean, it's just funny that this team went from 
Super Bowl champ. I know, I know. I'm gonna get there. That's the stupidest thing. <laughs> like, who, who makes my team? Like, you, you gotta beat me two out of three. Rock paper scissors. Nope, you ain't cut. <laughs> but I think Howie Roseman is the one who really has the most pressure on him. Everybody should be looking at him because this was a team that a couple years ago they made a Super Bowl run. They had a young quarterback in Carson Wentz who looked like a problem. He looked like the future, one of the guys at the position. I thought he was going to be so good for the Eagles, but they just built this team wrong. They It wasn't the coach's problem. Like, GM, head coach don't get along. Things usually blow up from there, and that's what we see happening now. And now they're dealing with a second-round quarterback who, I mean, Jalen Hurts, is he's solid. I don't think he's the option for them, but that it's more telling that they're already saying that we're going to bring in competition for him because they, they already know that I don't know if this is the guy for us. That's why I just think that they should be focusing less on this coach and his weird antics and press conferences. And they need to come at Howie Roseman's neck because he was on that podium celebrating and everybody thought, Oh, we got a team here in Philly. Like, but now it's, it's gone left and they're probably the worst team in that division now yo so is this an indictment on Jalen Hurts being that Joe Flacco Joe Flacco is going to be part of his competition he as of right now is not a shoe-in to start over Joe Flacco I think that Joe Flacco can beat him out honestly he played pretty well for uh for y'all last year. Yeah, he played pretty well. He, he had a couple good games when Sam was out, but I don't know. He didn't he didn't look great when Sam was out. Well, he no, did enough to get another job. Healthy, there were no healthy receivers, and he still had a couple games where he he went off. Perryman went off, but I think that the Eagles they they just need to start drafting talent like receivers, weapons. Because if Jalen Hurts isn't the guy, they need to bring in weapons for the next guy to come in. Because they can't have this every year where, I mean, Ertz is on his way out. Goddard's good, but he's injury prone. Uh, their first-round pick last year. Rager. Yeah, Rager. He could be hit or miss. We don't know. And then who else do they have? Alshon? We don't – I don't believe he should be in Philly anymore. He should have – he should be on the same boat as Nelson Aguilar. They should be in Oakland or wherever he is, New England. So, and then they discovered Deshaun Jackson too. Yep. So they need talent. They need talent. This, the best weapon they have is Miles Sanders on offense. Miles Sanders and Boston Scott. That's kind of sad that a team that was in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago is struggling like this, but. Greg, you're a believer of Jalen Hurts. Do you think this is an indictment or this is just, you know, he's just trying to make it look good, open quarterback competition? Nick Sirianni's an idiot. It's not about Jalen Hurts. It's not about Jalen Hurts because it's not about – because Joe Flacco's a professional quarterback. Sure, he can beat beat out some guys in the league right now. Yeah, he can still play, but – any well-run organization in the Eagles situation where they're still they're clearly in the middle of a rebuild. They're, they're, they, may not, they may not have realized it yet, but they're going to have to rebuild. 
you you want to see your young quarterback. You want to see your young players play. You put them in the game. You, you see what you have to build for the future, and you address it from there. What does playing Joe Flacco do for you? Absolutely nothing. You have a ceiling on your what you can do this year anyways. All you'll do is win a couple more games and give yourself worse draft, draft position. If Jalen Hurts goes out, there, goes out there and you guys go three and whatever, or, or go four and whatever, um, if he plays well, because that can happen in football, it's the ultimate team sport, you can play great and your team can still lose as a quarterback, then all right, like you have, you're cooking with some gas. Let's go get Jalen Hurts some pieces. Let's invest. But how would you know that if you're leaving it, if, you, if you're putting this up in the air and you're making this kid question his position on the team? Makes no sense. Makes absolutely no sense. After you just traded away your your starting quarterback. But you also, but and I know it's a new coach and the coach didn't draft him, but you also took him in the second round, which is a high enough pick to, to merit him getting getting a start. He get getting starts and being your 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 clear starter, and, and the Broncos did that with Drew Locke, and there was no question about him being a starter at all. But Jalen Hurts, there's there seems to be a question about that. I don't understand it. Jalen Hurts played, did it had enough. He had enough promising moments last year to merit him being the starter to start out the season. If he's not playing well, then fine, you you, you can take him off the field. But to start out the year that way makes no sense, and there's no benefit to it. Um, at all. By the way, on a much different note, uh, breaking news on the podcast. Terrence Clark. I've been reading. I, I can't. I can't believe it. Terrence Clark just passed away. Um, Kentucky guard, definitely a shoe to go to go to the NBA at some point. That that is insane. He died um, in a car accident. That's wild. That's wild. I'm, I was just reading that. I there. I got a text. I was like, like condolences to him, his family. The Kentucky people that supported him, you know, Calipari and all them. So condolences to his family. Um, nothing but prayers and best wishes to them. Transitioning, life is so precious. Transitioning, cap of facts. Um, for some of those that were able to watch the live, for some who didn't, we know Greg said some uh, very interesting things on the live. So we're going to bring it up on the show to hear the opinion from our fellow co-hosts. And I quote, Daniel Jones will throw at least 30 touchdowns next season. And that was said by Gregson's mayor, cap or facts? I say it's cap. Daniel Jones will throw at least 30 if, touchdowns next season. Is that what we said? If you if you say it's cap, then you got something I mean he's going to throw. You got, you got some of your predictions. How many did he throw last year? He threw like 11. He was supposed to nobody, and they ran the ball. And they ran the ball a ton. So if you want to say I, I think I – I think it's Cap. I think – I think he'll get up there. I think he'll throw 26. I'm giving him 26 with Galladay. That chemistry is not going to be built over, over a training camp. Uh, but I, I do think we'll see a big jump from him in year three. But I'm not giving him 30. I'm um, saying – 20 to 22. What did you say? 20 to 20. He threw 24 his rookie year. I gave him 26. No, I mean, that was more respectful than the Tony. Tony was disrespectful. Yeah, <laughs> but you can be disrespectful too. <laughs> he threw 24 his rookie year or less with the, with the worst court receiving court. And he dropped last year. You said he threw 11. Y'all got Saquon. He threw 11 because y'all got Saquon back. He's not getting that many touchdowns on, on everything. No, Saquon, Saquon in the passing game, though. Saquon in the passing game, though. They passed the ball to Saquon a ton. Them little swing routes. 
getting he not getting touchdowns. Y'all gonna get down there. Y'all gonna once y'all get into the red zone, hand it to Saquon. If that that's that's what I'm doing because I mean it's Daniel Jones. I have that, yet my friend, that my friend is a bad take. That's the bad take because they have they got Kenny, they got Kevin Rudolph, the 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 big the mm-hmm. big the big tight end who's a who's mm-hmm. there to do what? Catch touchdowns. And mm-hmm. Kenny Gade is there to do what? At the end of the day, his best at the best thing he does for the football team, big red zone target. They're gonna throw the ball mm-hmm. in the red zone. And Sterling Shepard's underrated down there. He does a good job. Mm-hmm. So that see he's shaking his head. You see that that alone makes that alone means they'll be throwing the ball more than you may think. They'll run the ball down there, but it'll, they're they're gonna balance it. It's not gonna be just they're not walking away with just with three points. And you running the ball down there is tough. Last year is all they did. Last year the reason why Daniel Jones has no touchdowns is because when they got to the red zone, all they did was run the ball. It's all they did, and it wasn't because Daniel Jones was sucks. It's because Evan Ingram can't catch, and he was their top target. So you can't throw the ball. Like it, it didn't make sense. This year's gonna be a different story. So he'll have, I think, at least thirty touchdowns. It's gonna be a good year. That's fine. If you're gonna say 26, 26 to thirty is fine. But you gonna talk about twenty? Nah, bro. I'll, 20, I'll take that. I'll twenty one. to twenty-two. There's still Daniel Jones. I feel I'll see definitely. If he throws 30 touchdowns, I'm saying 15 to 18 interceptions. I don't. <laughs> yeah, that is so disrespectful. I'm Yo, not I'm not a believer. What we really need to do though, I, I might start taking notes, honestly. Cause we gotta we gotta remember this come come fall and what people said. I got, I got so we, we, we can start making we can start placing some bets because this would be really interesting to see. Cause Greg, Greg might lose some money. Antonio, <laughs> you over here talking crazy. 25. Over under 25, I'm taking under 25. Obviously, Greg is taking over. Oh, yeah. Taking over. It's under 25. I'll go as high as 25. It's under 25. Uh, yeah, I'll pro- probably take the over. Uh, I probably you gotta, take the, you gotta take the over off the strength that in his rookie year he threw 24 with the worst O line receivers. Sound good. Okay. That's very hope. That's, that's very hope. You see, you're operating off this side. Mainstream idea that Daniel Jones sucks. He is a good player, and people are really sleep. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. I'm telling mm-hmm. you. They, it's, it's the mainstream media that got them all messed up. Because they don't they don't watch Daniel Jones, but they call him ass because he gets fumbled. Okay. Mm. Okay. We'll, we'll see this year. Next one. Tom Brady, your GOAT. He has uh, said with the number change that – Coming into the NFL, it's going to be a lot of bad football because of the number change. Cap or facts? Cap, he's an idiot. Yeah. I didn't even know that man. I didn't even know what he was talking about. He's so stupid. <laughs> What's wrong with him? <laughs> that was just a dumb thing this to say. Hates Tom Brady. Is it, so so Brady Brady out here saying that if you change your number, it's going to ruin the game. The Running backs, tight ends, fullbacks, and receivers can wear anywhere from one to forty-nine. And 80 to 89. Defensive backs now can wear one to 49. Linebackers can wear one to 49 and 90 to 99. Offensive linemen, which is maybe where he was saying it was going to be an issue, they can wear 50 to 79, but also defensive linemen can wear 50 to 79 slash 90 to 99. That's that now on his part, that's a bad take. <laughs> like, has any effect on the quality of the game? It's actually a little more exciting. Good football should loosen up. Football, we're talking about the NFL, one of the most stringent leagues in, in the world with finding dudes for not wearing their socks to a certain length and stuff like that. This is good. This is the first step towards them loosening up a little bit and being more fun. 
then cool because they've been the no fun league. Remember, it wasn't too long when they weren't letting guys celebrate. That wasn't a thing for the longest time. That's recent that that changed. It's a big deal. It's a, it's a big. It's, it seems like it's a minor thing, but it's a big deal. But Tom Brady, where you coming from? <laughs> Idiot. That was just a dumb. Th- I, I saw. I was like, what is he talking about? Like, it, it literally makes no sense. What do you? He, he has to articulate that. Someone has to ask him about it. Like, what were you saying, bro? Hey, Tom Brady, we'd love to have you on the show, man. We, it's not we, my goal. Couldn't be my goal. Couldn't be my goal. Next one. Last one for Kappa Facts. Kendrick Perkins came out and said, Julius Randle should be number three in MVP voting behind number one in B, number two, Jokic. Cap mm-hmm. or Facts. Can they Perkins at that? Yeah. Number three? Number three. Julius Randle should be number three behind Embiid, Jokic, then Randle. No. Cap, because Dame – stop. The Dame disrespect is annoying me. No, bro. No. Um, no, there's no – I don't see that. But but Julius Randle is, is amazing. He's going to get a max contract when this when this is all up, and he does, he's going to make an all-NBA team. If he's not an all-NBA team, they should riot. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, like he's, he's an all-NBA player uh, this year, for sure. Second or third team? Uh, I'd say third, third team. Third team. But if you put him second, I wouldn't be too upset, honestly, the way he's hooping. The way he's playing, like, I, I could – you can make case for second. Um, but, um, yeah, no, he – Dame, this, you can't overlook Dame what he's, done, what he's done in the Western Conference. I know the recent performances haven't been great. But to drop him that far down, right? Like that don't make any sense. Like it, I, I look. You might even be able to make a case for Julius being in the top MVP conversation. <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah, you really could. You really could. He's been. He has been. He's the reason the Knicks are here. It's it's him. It's him. Like it's his increased level of play. You can credit Tom David, or you can credit everybody else. We could talk about RJ Barrett. We've been talking about all the wrong stuff. Julius Randle is here. Like, this is what it is. He's he's coming to his own. And so the Knicks are going to have to pay him. The Knicks can build around him. He can't be your number one on a championship team. No, he can't. I, I still don't think so. But he can be your number two, and that's fine. That's totally fine. He is an all-star level player. It's going to be consistent. This is this is not a fool. This is really it. This is this. He's here. So um, the Knicks have one, and they got to get another one. And, and I think they will because playing in New York is going to be attractive now. Yeah. Honestly, you got to give really the credit to Julius Randle when it comes to him and his improved season is actually somebody that's not even here anymore. It's yeah. Kobe. That's the reason I think he has that Kobe mentality and now it's taking it to another level. They just showed before we hopped on a video of him yesterday, I believe it was, after a win like at 12 in the morning, he's back at it, working at the game. When he got that type of work ethic, I can't, I can't root against you. I can't root against you. Like, I, I, I love this basketball stuff, bro. I can't root against you. When you work that hard and, and they were slandering you last year and you go out and you play like this and you put that kind of work into it, I'm a fan for life. That's that's the kind of stuff. That's beautiful stuff, bro. This wasn't always it for Julius. He was an, in, he was an inefficient player. And here we are. He's, he's incredible. So, Nah, man. Like the, the Knicks are gonna be the Knicks gonna be something serious. It's, it's they're coming because they're gonna get they're gonna get a star player. Zach's gonna force his way there. Something's gonna happen. It's it, the stars are aligning for the Knicks. It's finally happening. And honestly, the fans are horrible, but 
they deserve some happiness. Um, a little happiness. So it, it, it's it's good to it's good to see it. It's gonna be good to have the Nets Knicks rivalry for real be actually be a rivalry instead of us pummeling them every game. Uh, it'll be nice to see that in the city. Um, well, you know the Nets just toy around with them, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. But the yeah, it'll be good to see that uh, for for New York. New York's gonna be crazy when things open back up. Hey, real quick sidebar: Julius Randle, twenty fourteen NBA draft class, right? Mm-hmm. He was number seven overall. Mm-hmm. It was Andrew Wiggins, Jabari Parker, Joel Embiid, Aaron Gordon, Dante Exum, and Marcus Smart drafted above him. If we did, if we redid that draft, do you think Julius Randle is drafted higher and at what position? Two. I think Miles is talking, but two. Two? Two. Miles, you 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 had no sound. He said two. Yeah. You heard him? I read it. Oh, I didn't hear him. <laughs> I didn't hear him. Two, two to Milwaukee. So Andrew Wiggins still number one. And okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> you said Joel and beat in the class. Joel and beat. Oh, so go and beat Joel and beat first. And then, then, then Randall Wiggins. No, I'm not. I don't know about. Would you pick Wiggins over uh, Smart? Depends on your team, though. The what? Like no, no. Think about it. Here, you know what? Here, here, I'll make this simple. The fact that you have to think about it tells me everything I need to know. It means that Wiggins was a ma- massive disappointment in his NBA career. Okay? So we'll leave it at that. Oh, no. Because there's still time. He can recover from early on in Minnesota. He showed more promise in Golden State, though. <laughs> When you got to play with Steph, you got to play Steph Curry and Draymond, and and and, and go to a, a really really good situation. Yeah, sometimes but, you have to go to a good situation to learn how to play basketball the right way. When you're drafted number one, you're expected to flip the bad situation around. That's your expectation you have on your shoulders. So he's a letdown one way or another. That's 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 the reality of it. He's a letdown. Maybe not Kwame Brown level, but he's a letdown. Okay, he's found a way to rehabilitate his career, play good defense. That's really where his value is. Is defensively. He can score a little bit, but he's inefficient. He's never really figured out the jump shot and never never become a guy who could pick his spots and be efficient. Like, and that's why I give RJ Bear a lot of credit. I, I don't this is this is why because RJ was a volume shooter coming to the league. And then after RJ, but after RJ came, after RJ got to the Knicks and he got good coaching, he figured out how to pick his spots. Yo, that is such a hard thing to do in basketball. It's not easy. Tony, you know this. Like it's not it's not easy for guys to do, and that's Across the board, at any level playing basketball, one of the hardest things people struggle with is picking their spots, taking good shots. What's a good shot for me? Where am I going to get my shots at? He's a corner three special. He's he's hitting corner threes. That's why we see him hit his threes from, right? Mainly those corners. He the RJ aficionado on the show, so he would know he's hitting them from. That's why we see him shoot the three from. Yo, that is huge. That is huge. That's a big improvement. I never thought he was going to figure it out. I didn't have much hope in him because I saw him play with Zion Williamson, the most efficient college basketball player of all time. And he would, he would not pass the ball, bro. He wasn't passing in the ball. He was shooting it like he was the better option. And so I was supposed to believe that RJ was going to figure it out. But no, it makes no, he was doing some insane stuff in college, bro. And it, it made me pull my hair. I was like, why do you play like this, bro? And how, why do the Knicks want to take him at three? Now it makes a little more sense. They tamed it. That's cool. This is exactly yeah. yo, Randall being blowing up was the best thing for RJ's career. 
it was the best thing for his career. Yo, what you said, though, is facts. When you're not the star player, you're not Julius Randle, you're not LeBron James, you're not Carmelo when he's with the Knicks, you're not Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, Steph Curry, it is extremely difficult to find your spots because you don't have the ultimate green light. Steph Curry, if R.J. Barrett had a game like Steph Curry had last night, which we'll get to, I know Greg, we'll, we'll get to it. If R.J. Barrett, R.J. Barrett doesn't get that chance to shoot 36 shot attempts. R.J. Barrett better make eight out of those 14 attempts. He's got to go 50% or else you're – He, has, he has literally – his options are limited. You're not the star player, so you're not going to get a lot of the shots and a lot of the offense is not run for you. But Knicks take love. They're on an eight-game winning streak, the longest since 2014. I think Miles was like 26 then because, you know, he's a little bit older. 2014, Randall was averaging 30 points per game during the street, number four ranked defense. R.J. Barrett had 18 points in one quarter against the Hornets. They got 12 games left. Where do we put most of the credit on this run to? And how much longer do you think they can keep this streak? I'm saying they're going to get one more. They got Toronto next at home. They're going to beat Toronto. They have Phoenix after that. Um, I think they're going to lose with Phoenix coming to town. And it'll end at a nine-game winning streak. You know, it's not even my – I have a bigger picture question for Miles, though. For real. And you can answer Tone's question first. I'll, I'll do respect. But, yo, uh, with the way the Knicks are constructed now, right, do you do you think that the Knicks are going to stand pat and let RJ become a superstar like you think he's going to be? Or are they going to walk – are they going to get a guy like – they're going to target a guy Zach Levine and RJ will be the nice third complimentary piece to it. And he may never be a superstar in the NBA, but that's okay. Or is that is that where your head is at? Like, which one is more realistic to you? I ask hard questions. I ask good questions, bro. I mean, I think he can, but the best thing might for him to might be for him to be like the third option on oh, okay, I'm making my sure. team like this. I mean, if we're able to bring in a superstar, another superstar, then you can't fault him for being a third option on a team like that. He's still a third option on a, a – a he'd be a third option on a championship contending team, which that would equate to what, like a second or a one on a lottery team? Because he can, he can be a guy on a, a bad team. But He's what he's what Kuzma's supposed to be for the Lakers, but I, I digress. <laughs> The Cleveland Slander got stopped, bro, because, yo, he I, he does good stuff on the court. He's not, not a number three. As well as RJ. He's not a number huh? three. He's not a number three option, as they thought. <laughs> no, he's not. That's okay. okay. That's fine. Yeah, that's well, fine. Where did they draft him at? That's great. Where did they draft fine. him at? Because we trade. We where, was he, where was he drafted, though? I don't care. Huh? As, much, as much as he was talking, that commercial – 27th. That's cute. 27th. Perform. No, we, I, the value you get, the value you got from a 27th overall pick is incredible. Is, is That's what we're, settle, Lakers, we're settling for that right now. now. That's, it's we're, not, you we're see, Lakers fans are so arrogant. You, 27th overall, you get this, you get this guy to come in there who plays great. He plays great defense and individual defense. He really does, yo. He's a big part of the reason why the Lakers defense is as good as it is. He knocks down threes. I don't Whoa, see what's wrong with you. I got Brian. I got AD. 
Huh? Wait, you said knocks down threes? You got glasses? You knock down threes at a decent clip. <laughs> Look, he struggles. He's a street. No, no, no. Been Steve, two different things. No, you just he's said. been streaking throughout his career. Two different things you just said. You said knocks down threes. I asked about it, and you said he can. Of course, he can. Everybody on this show he's can streaky. knock down threes. He's streaky, but he can knock them down, man. Like he, he, it's not like he's yo. His form is he has good form. I don't know what it is. He's gonna put it together. He's young. You gotta give him. You gotta give him some time. Yeah, let him breathe. And you know what? It's crazy. I think it's the different hair colors. He keeps changing the hair. No, but he has room for error, though. That's the thing. He plays on a team that's good enough to where he's not your focal point. You don't have to worry about Kyle Kuzma that like that. You have Brian and AD and Schroeder, and you have Harold, and you have uh, THT, and you have all these guys. Yo, let him, let him, let him grow. It'll be fine. Okay. Let him, let let him figure it out. He's gonna. If RJ can figure it out, then Kuzma can too. Let him, let him be average. Got it. Back to Nick's love. When do you, how long do you think this streak can go, Miles? In your opinion, how long do you think the streak could go? You got 12 games left. I say like 11. 11, 11. 12 so, games. three more games. So, yeah, next three games, I'm gonna run it down Toronto at home, Phoenix at home, Chicago at home, then at Houston. That's the next four games. All right, so it might be four more then. Well, so 12. You being Phoenix? At home, yeah, I think so. Yeah. At home? You beating Phoenix at home? Yeah. Oh my god. We could put money on that. Huh? We could put money on that game. I know you I ain't betting like you, man. <laughs> I'm yeah. trying to save. I got I, yeah, I got life no here. <laughs> I'm not money bags. Yo, you know he got that ten thousand dollar wedding coming up. You gotta save, bro. <laughs> oh. I digress without even saying nothing, bro. This, he about to get married. He about to get married. We look, everybody in the show know he's money bags. Miles was talking to you directly. We know you're saving up for one of the top weapons of the season. I can't be, I can't bro, is this a sports podcast? Or is this my personal life podcast? I'm just curious. Get, get out of here, Chris. Yo, what? what? <laughs> they I'm just curious. Chris, they're not checking for you, bro. You'll be okay. <laughs> yo, who do you, yo, who do you owe money to, bro? Well, Who you owe money to? He he, he has like somebody owe money to somebody. Yeah, he's talking about don't, don't say my wife's name on this. <laughs> don't be putting my government out there, man. Y'all call me, y'all call me CJ, and that's it. Yo, so Toronto's I kind of agree with Miles though. You Why? Think what? You think they're gonna be Phoenix at home? I I think it's a possibility. I think y'all y'all just count. Obviously, Phoenix Phoenix is great with Booker and 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 Chris Paul, but at the same time, like, they on a, a winning streak. Like, this ain't no three, four-game winning streak fluke. Like, these boys are balling right now. You just talked about it. You just said Julius Randle's playing out of his mind. He's playing great, right? They're they're playing at home. Obviously, the energy ain't going to be the same. It's not like they have massive fans there, but, like, it, are, we, are we discrediting the fact that it could happen, that they could sneak in a win against Phoenix? Let me put it this way. Let me put it to you this way, and we can move on. It's just be simple, okay? The NBA, the NBA is a very simple league. Some the good teams, uh, but it, the Phoenix is different. But there are good teams who take nights off night to night, like the Lakers, right? Who have established themselves and are good, and they're not playing for this regular season stuff. The Phoenix Suns haven't been this good in God knows how long. 
they are trying to beat everyone right now. They're motivated and they're also very good. They're 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 a title level team under normal circumstances. They just happen to play in the same conference as the Lakers. That's a whole different conversation. But it, and they're gonna they're gonna fight. So in the playoffs. But uh, be honest with you, that team is young. They're hungry outside of CP3. They're gonna go in there and they're gonna see the Knicks have a winning streak and they're gonna go out there to compete. And if they do that, they're gonna beat the Knicks. The Knicks don't have an answer. Who, who, just got who, smacked who, by the Celtics tonight. Who? I hear that. Who did? They got, they got, that's even worse for you. That's even worse. The NBA is a weird league, bro. Night to night is so many games. Teams teams take their foot off the gas, okay? That that Suns team will come into Madison Square Garden angry. Booker's a big Kobe guy. He want to go in there and put up big numbers. Let's, 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 let's also remember, okay, Knicks fans, pipe, pipe down. Okay, for the longest time, MSG was the playground the NBA. Dudes went there to go put up numbers, and it wasn't your players. It was the opposing team would come in there and put on a show for the home fans. That's what was happening, okay? So let's remember that real quick, okay? I, I love Julius Randle, what he's doing. I do. I really do. I appreciate it. I, it's great basketball. That team is severely undermatched against the Suns who are motivated and coming to compete. And if they come in there and motivate uh-oh, we lost Greg. Once I asked him, why, why you Greg out here glitching, man? <laughs> he really can't with that. Well, Greg, Greg, I lost, I lost you. Sprint right now. You got yeah. T-Mobile, bro? Yeah, I lost T-Mobile. Oh, man, sound like an alien. <laughs> Yo, this Wait, is what happened? What you say? We hear every three words, bro. That Wi-Fi is why he can't put money on the game. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is why I kept them in the game. <laughs> hey, uh, it's that attic, though. <laughs> Yo, before we transition, because we got to talk about Steph Curry. Knicks are number four seed right now. Do they move up to maybe a third seed, or do they stay? They're number five right now, not number four. four. They're four? They, beat, they beat Atlanta, so now they four. They got a half game above Atlanta. Do you think they stay in that spot, or could they possibly? Nah, I ain't gonna cap. They not moving up to three. But do you think stay in four? No, I stay at four. They'll probably stay at four. I mean, does it really? Unless matter? the Bucks go on a losing streak, but I don't see that happening. There's there's not enough games left in the season to catch up. We're down so, like five games. Hold on, Miles. Is it four or five? They, so five is who? Atlanta now. Five is Atlanta with a half a game. Boston is at six. It's only between New York, Atlanta, Boston, and Miami. It's a half a game difference. Miami is a game and a half back. So those teams could all interchange between these last 12 games. You'd be so unlucky if the Heat go, if the Heat ring off some games here and y'all play four or five. Because I don't, nobody, I don't, the Heat, nobody wants to see them. In the- the playoffs is the, I I just Jimmy Butler bro in a series that's not gonna go well. It's okay. This is about moral victories. Y'all made it to the playoffs, so enjoy the ride. Even enjoy it, enjoy it no matter what. This is this is I was here. I was here. I'm talking from experience, and that's we're in the same boat. It don't matter who we play huh? the first round. We're going to the second. We worried about the second round. We're not thinking about this, you know, who we playing in the first. So don't talk to me about no Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Smokes. Pop smoke. I don't want to hear nothing. He's at pop smoke. Rest in peace to a king. Transition. Somebody else who personally has been on a tear. Steph Curry this month is averaging 40.8 PPG points per game, seven threes a game, 
six rebounds a game, four assists a game on 54.9% shooting, 50.3% shooting from the three, 90% shooting free throw. That's 50-50-90, which is crazy. I'm going to run off the last 11 games before last night. And I'm going to ask something to that interesting with his off games. 32 points to start it off against the Bulls. That was a win. 36 against Miami, a L. 37 against the Hawks, a loss. 41 against the Bucks, that's a W. 32 against the Wizards in loss. 11 to 25, missed the three to tie the game. 38 against Houston, 53 against the Nuggets, 42 against OKC, 33 against the Cavs, all wins. 47 against the Celtics, that great duel that they saw between him and Tatum, but they lost. 49 against Philly in a win. And then last night, met up with the Wizards again, 7 for 25, 2 for 14 from three, 18 points. His shriek of most games over 30 for somebody over 33 years old was snapped yesterday takes on how Steph Curry has been balling this month. I just want to point out two of his worst games in this run has been against the Wizards and good old Russell Westbrook. Just throw that out there. He's balling out of his mind. (laughs) There's no other way to describe it. This man is balling out of his mind, one of the best shooters we've ever seen. Um, You just talked about 11 straight games with, with over 30 points. And then, like, man, he's playing his way into the MVP conversation. Uh, I mean, he's been in the conversation, but he wasn't in, you know, the conversation where you're taking him seriously to become the MVP. Um, again, there's already guys up there like Jokic. Um, we talked about Dane. But, like, hey, he, he's making you really rethink, you know, that order. Um, I mean, with Steph, man, we, we know what he does. We know what he's capable of. But, I mean, this month alone, he's putting up damn near – 41 points, averaging damn near 41 points just this month alone. So, I mean, the one thing that, that I'll say about Steph and, the, and this Warriors team, they may not be having the season that they want. You know, they're 29 and 30. But if it comes to the playoffs and you see this team and they're playing a playing game to, to get into the playoffs, you don't want to see Steph, especially if he's this hot. He's going to give a lot of teams help. And, and and Steph Steph ain't one to you know play games when it when it comes to the playoffs you know you know he's gonna come correct he's gonna have a forty point night uh, so hey I mean like we just talked about this month alone averaging forty one points this, Steph's legit he's been legit uh, he gonna find a way to 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 make it work and to get in the playoffs and I promise you you don't want to see them in the first round playing option they're in it they're the ninth seed within Dallas Memphis. Golden State and San Antonio would all be a part of this play-in option when it comes up. Golden State would definitely be one of the most dangerous teams. I would even put Memphis in that conversation, though, especially they got Jaron Jackson Jr. back now. So I expect them to end off the season going on a little bit run, get the chemistry going again. But, Greg, I know you had a lot that you wanted to get off your chest with Steph Curry he actually came out, which we don't really see often. He came out and said, hey, I should be the MVP this season. I know I won't get it, but I need to win the MVP this season. 
you think solely because he's light skinned. So talk to us. I'm, I'm gonna, I would clarify the light skin comments, but I know that if I, even if I clarify it, most of y'all, you know, most of y'all listen to the podcast anyways, the whole thing. And so y'all going to you know, take it and clip it up on Instagram and put me saying something about him being light skinned. So I'll say this, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'll start here. There are dudes in the, there are dudes in the league that can do what Steph Curry is doing right now. Not the same way, not hitting threes from the parking lot, not, not doing it the way he does it. The way he does it, especially he's the greatest shooter of all time, hands down, no question. No one's ever been better shooting the basketball than Steph Curry. That's easy. But the idea that people are going to put him in the hall in the hall of it, in the MVP conversation, he's a Hall of Famer, of course he is. But in the MVP conversation, because he went on a scoring streak that was historic, that on that doesn't make any sense, especially when he's the ninth seed. How can Steph Curry say he does the MVP and they're the ninth seed? They're not even in the playoffs right now. They're not even in the – like, they, they're going to be a play-in team. So – and the idea that people are having the conversation is what bothers me. And you know why? Because it always boils back to LeBron James, bro. It always boils back to LeBron James. Because when, in 2018, LeBron didn't get MVP, even though he had an amazing season. His best season as a pro, in my opinion, one of them. Like, I think if not, it, his Miami years were incredible. He's had so many great years. Like you lose count. I'd say it was a top five season for LeBron James in his career. And then that playoff run was his best playoff run. That was my, that's my opinion. That's the best basketball player I've ever seen in that playoff run. But for him to not get, he didn't get MVP, uh, MVP consideration. He didn't get it. And the arguments I heard about that, and I talked to people about this is, well, you know, James is playing great and Russell was having triple doubles and yada, yada, yada. Bro, the competition is very steep this year too. And so the idea that Steph can be, in that, and maybe not as steep as it was back then, but the idea that Steph can be in that conversation now, why is that? Why are, why are we even having this conversation? There's no precedent for it. It's never happened. It's never happened, bro. Ever. Dudes have done, per, yo, Kobe had like three 60-point games in a row or something like that. I think it might have been four. I don't think he won MVP that year. Or maybe it was the way he happened to win. It wasn't, okay, yeah. He didn't win MVP that year. So since when is scoring a lot of points in boatloads the 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 determining factor to, to to be to be the MVP of the league. Like I think it's for the stuff though. I don't I don't necessarily and and I, hold on I don't I don't <laughs> you over here you about to pop a blood vessel. Calm down, calm down. <laughs> I'm saying I think the the reason a lot of people are putting him into the conversation is because it's Steph Curry and what he's done over his career, not necessarily just what he's doing this season. I'm again I'm not saying that's right. Uh, you know, I, you're making valid points and, and I can agree with what you're saying, but I'm saying Steph, Steph Curry, we just said he's the greatest shooter of all time. And I think that carries some weight too. People are seeing what he's doing and they're like, damn, like 11, 11 straight games over 30 points. Like again, but we, we talked about it a few episodes ago. The MVP is more than just about scoring points, right? Cause if it, if it was about scoring points, you know, there's a lot of people that you could give it to, but we talked about it, and what we did, what, what did we say? We said it was about putting your team in a position to win and be successful, as well as obviously being able to score the ball, but just again putting your team in a position to, to be successful. So, um, but it's Steph think, Curry. That's the thing, Greg. Like people I love little, Steph Curry. A little too late. You said just a little bit too late. Like 
if he was doing this all season, all right. But would it matter though if they're the ninth seed? I think his I think his his argument would be respected and more valid if he did this all season. Because we knew what the vibes was with this team. They yeah. weren't going to be top four, five, six. We knew they was going to be a playing team. We said it at the beginning of the year when we did the whole show, like previewing the NBA. We was like, yo, if Steph can get this team into the playoffs, that will be a huge plus to, you know, his resume. Because nobody had them get into the playoffs, just like nobody had the Knicks get into the playoffs. A lot of people had the Knicks being the worst team in the East. Now they're in the number four seed. So I think if he was able to do this. Do his middle stronger MVP case than him. Oh, of course. And I think that's mainly because of the winning aspect. Julius Randle was a lot stronger MVP case than him. Eight or four seed. Yeah. Like, and so, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And Chris had a good point, though. It, it, it is because people love Steph Curry. That's exactly why he gets to be in this conversation with other guys who have done, who have done greater things with a roster as bad as Steph don't get to be in the conversation. And that's always what I've said. So you brought up the light skin thing. Yo, that's no, 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 Dave you don't think, you don't think he has a privilege because he's earned that privilege? No, what is he? No, he hasn't earned it. Look, I know he's won two MVPs. I get it, I unanimously. But why were they? Yo, he shouldn't have been the first unanimous MVP. He shouldn't have been. Like you got to think about it. all the MVPs in the past. Those Braun years, how could he have not been unanimous? Those years where you had KD won it, KD wasn't unanimous. So the, the year how Westbrook. could he? Westbrook won it. That wasn't unanimous. And I, I understand why it wasn't unanimous for Westbrook a little bit. I get that. We don't get, we, there was a narrative there flying, flying around. The MVP, the MVP is very narrative-driven. When The minute that guy started saying that Westbrook was, was pat, stat-patting, I knew that was going to happen. I knew he wasn't going to win unanimously. That's fine. So, But my point is, Steph gets that benefit of the doubt when other guys don't get it. And it's been throughout his entire career. It's been consistent. I I also want to say too, I'm, I was a Steph, I'm a Steph fan. I love Steph's game. I love Steph's game. I love Steph when he came out of college. I watched him at Davidson, and when he came out of Davidson, I knew he was gonna. I knew this was gonna happen because the way he shoots the ball and how he gets his shots off. I knew it was, it was inevitable to be a star. Notice what I said, star. Like, like that's important. Like, yo, that's important though. Like, I, it's it's crazy. He gets the benefit of the doubt, and if you if it's not because of his light skin, fine. But I just think that he became America's sweetheart on that run with those Golden State teams. They, when the when the Warriors were getting started before they became like the team everybody hated when they got KD, that team was a fun upstart team that had upset that had gotten to the playoffs in 2016, I think it was, beat Denver, um, and they came back the next year and they just ran it up. It was insane. 2017, I think it may have been, um, that they they went 73 and nine. Right? That that first year that was fun. So. The country fell in love with him. They saw pictures of his daughter, him, him holding his kids. He's a family man. They fell in love with Steph Curry, and so that is that is playing a big role with the way the media portrays him, with the way the media talks about him, because the media doesn't give these other players the same benefit of the doubt that Steph gets. That's always been my point. Steph gets un, uh, Steph is privileged in these conversations. What this, the fact that Steph thinks he's the MVP genuinely is insane. He should be drug tested. The, 
This has happened before, bro. Like, this has happened. Dudes do this. Beal came out earlier this year and had two 60-point games, had three 30-point games all in a row. Beal did. They weren't winning games. And, and Steph, that it wasn't like they were undefeated in this stretch. If they were undefeated in this stretch, that'd be crazy. Because you know what's but you know what you know what? We get caught up in all the numbers and stuff. You know what sports is really about? Winning. Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters more than winning the game. I don't care how you do it. Win the game. That's it, right? When, when Draymond plays well, they win more games than when Steph plays well. We can look it up. When they are a better team when Draymond plays well than when Steph plays well. When Steph gets these 60-point games, they don't always win. It, it doesn't always translate to winning is my point. You know what I'm saying? So this idea he thinks he could be in the conversation is ridiculous. Real quick. So two of the losses that he had on this is against the Wizards, Russell Westbrook. You know what that's about. You, you tell about because I mean I watched part of the game last night. Russell Westbrook was real. It seemed really motivated. He even said in the afternoon, "Whatever the coach needs, if the coach wants me to play elite defense, I can do that. Want me to score? Mm-hmm. I can do. I can do all facets of the game." His two worst shooting nights in this streak was against Washington, eleven for twenty-five earlier, and missed the game tying three-pointer, and then last night. Seven for 25 from the field, two for 14 from three. Lord. It was bad misses. I don't know if y'all saw the highlights. Y'all saw any of the game. He was hitting not even the rim, like the backboard. Like he didn't look like Steph Curry last night. It looked like Space Jam and they took his power. I knew you were going to say that because I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, what reference is he going to use? Because I'm thinking Space Jam. You know, you know, he, go ahead, Greg. You know, you know Westbrook's best. Uh, Everyone talks about Westbrook and what you know his athleticism and all that stuff, and it's actually not that important. The best, the thing that makes Westbrook great is his is his ability to compete. He's a he's a competitor. He's one of the best competitors in league history. That's why he's here. And and, and when he saw Steph coming in, and and everybody praising Steph, and Steph talking about to be MVP, yada yada. You don't think that Steph's privilege bothers guys in the league? You really don't think that? Can the can the, can the, can the bench five listeners think about this? Steph's privilege has to bother dudes in the league. If I'm a guy playing against Steph Curry, I want I, I want his head. Like I'm going at him. That's that's what Westbrook did that night. He took it. He was like, "Yo, like I'm gonna lock him up. Like th- no more running off screens. You're gonna have to see me. We're, we're gonna do this all night." And that's and and he was on him all night. He was killing. He was destroying him defensively all night. He just kept bothering him. And that's my point about Steph, though. Steph isn't a superstar because of that. There, are, you can take Steph out of a game. You can. If you play Steph, if you're playing Steph intensely like that, and you're physical with him, and you're the refs letting you play, they, you can take him out of a game, and that's what they did, and that's what he did, because Russell's a dog. He's a dog. That's why. On, Fourteen. Bro. The privilege piece bothers guys. Fourteen, twenty, and ten last night for Westbrook. Crazy stat line for a triple double. The last thing we'll end off the show. Got to give some Westbrook some love, and I just want to hear what y'all thoughts on this is, if it matters at all to y'all. After the game, interviewer came out and let him know. Right now, for clutch field goal percentage, that's minimum 15 clutch situation attempts at least of two shots. Russ is number one at 57%. Colin Sexton is number two at 54%. 
CJ is third at 53%. Dame, fourth at 52%. And Jokic is top five at 51%. Does this stat mean anything to y'all? Yeah, it matters. It definitely matters when you when you hit clutch buckets and they're, you know, clutch buckets are huge. Um, I, All I heard when you said that is that Jokic is going to win MVP. Oh, for sure. He's, yeah, he's going to win MVP. He's going to win. It's a lock. Um, he so, since Murray's been out, they're two and zero, three and zero. So that's yeah. all that yeah, is. He, he's gonna eight for his MVP case. They're voting him MVP. Like that's MVP cool. Out and B came out and said that he should be MVP. You missed too many games. It's not happening. It's probably going to Jokic, honestly. Yeah, that's cool, and that's cool. Like Jokic will be the 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 um the the lowest draft pick to ever win MVP league history. That's a cool stat. That's cool. Second rounder. That's never happened. That is crazy. That is crazy to think about. That's a crazy. So that's an amazing stat I saw the other day. But um, no, I mean, that's an amazing that stat is great. And Russ, Russ has played better. He's played better down the stretch. Russ, Russ is getting to a point in his career where now he's just doing whatever it takes to win ball games. And I guess he's always done that. I you could argue, I, I think numbers mattered. I don't care what no one says. I think that narrative is true. I think numbers matter to Russell Westbrook. Um, and when you go out there and get 20, 20, 20, which is insane and impressive you have to care about your numbers to do that you know what i'm saying like so and, and i know that now's argument is that you know if he does those things because he needs he he needs to for his teams to win he started doing it when kd was gone so yeah there's some truth to that um i don't know that he had to do that with pg on a team and that's all that solid okc team with mellow and pg mellow was you know mellow was was okay then I don't think he had to do that with Russ on the team. I mean, Russ, but KD. Um, I think that's what I, he was used to after KD left, though. Like, he he was the man, and that's the, the game he got developed – or the game he developed and felt comfortable in. Yeah, but I think I think when when KD – see, the thing, though. When KD was there, my problem with Russ was started when KD was there because K, he would take the ball and run down the floor and, and try to make something happen instead of slowing it down giving it to the best scorer in the world. He, he wasn't selfless enough. He was he was selfish. Like people, t- I, I don't understand why people act like that notion so crazy. Is because he gets a lot of assists? Because I know plenty of guys who pass the ball. When you pass the ball specifically to get an assist, you are selfish. Like that's a selfish basketball play. I think now we're and we'll end with this because again, it goes back to you got to know who you have in conversations with when it comes to sports. Yeah. Now. I, I can see the argument if you're saying, oh, he's selfish. Nobody would agree with that. He's always top three in assists. If you really watch basketball and watch them in OKC, it was too many times close games, too many times where they're winning and they need to just close it out. And how do you close it out? How do you keep a team from coming back? You put your foot on their neck. And how do you do that? For that team, it was get a ball to KD, and it was too many times where KD did not get the ball and the opportunity to close out a team, to hit that dagger. It was too many opportunities because it was in Russell Westbrook's hand would turn end up being a turnover or a missed shot. And we all know mm-hmm. it's publicized. Part of the reason why KD left out of his mouth was ball movement. It was he about Russ. It was about Russell Westbrook. It wasn't about anybody else besides Russell Westbrook. It was it was him. He was the reason why he forced him out. Like, 
the team wasn't well the team wasn't well constructed, but it was constructed well enough for them to win a championship, and they never did. And Russell Westbrook was a big reason why they didn't. And everyone acts like I'm crazy when I say it, but I guess you got I get you know what, Tony, that's a good point. In the words of Dion Mingo, you can't talk basketball with everybody. Because if you watch this basketball stuff and, and if you really do this, like if you really are serious about this, like you you know, you it didn't take you could watch two Oklahoma City games, any two. And you will find exactly what I'm talking about. There are stretches in the game where it was like they were taking turns. That goes some childish stuff, like taking turns, like, oh, here's your turn. That's not the way basketball works in the team games. It's just flow to the game. You can't just take the ball because you feel like it and, and go ring off 10 points, but have 10 turnovers in the process. Like, it don't make any sense. And that was a lot of what he was doing back then, bro. So, yes, he's talented. I love Russell as a competitor, but – he has his warts. We started this whole segment by talking about how much we it was supposed to be some love for him, right? Good for yo, know, good for him, man. Good for him. He made he's making 40 M's this year to play for the Wizards. Huge game going on tonight. Something to check out. Dallas is playing LA. Dallas does not want to be in the playing situation. They played him twice tonight and on Saturday. So be on the lookout for that. Dallas has to probably won one or two of these games to get out of that playing situation. And AD is back tonight. So scary hours for the league. They're like, this is the real meaning of scary hours. AD is back. LeBron is back. <laughs> this is the real meaning of scary hours. Y'all know the vibes. Lakers Hold on, are... wait, wait, wait. LaMelo Ball back in a week, by the way. LaMelo Ball the, back the, in a week. The most exciting, the most exciting yeah. show in basketball are you back. So exactly. uh, just... That's exciting hours. That's exciting hours. As long as that's exciting, exciting hours. Yeah. Lakers is scary hours. The rest of the league, y'all might as well just get prepared for the offseason and figure out who y'all want to add to beat L.A. because it's curtains and the Nets, we injuries and many vacations. We don't know what's happening with them. So they'll get out the East. Lakers we'll see you in the finals. We'll see you in the finals. Six, it might be five, depending on who shows up in the finals, if there's any personal vacation time going on or any bruised uh, pinkies and whatnot going on. If you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. Bench mob, we out. Peace. Peace.